Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So good to see y'all today. Um, I have started reading a book last year. I have finished the book, but I have uh, looked through it several times. Uh, Actually, on the uh, Bible app, you can find a devotional from the same book. It's called Dangerous Prayers. I recommend it. It's an excellent um, uh, Bible study. I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, I think it's seven days, uh, Dangerous Prayers on the Bible app. It's Craig Rochelle, and um, it's his pushing uh, what I think you already know, but he's written it in a book and done this Bible study called Dangerous Prayers. And so when we look today at what dangerous prayers mean, uh, we'll review a few. There's a lot of dangerous prayers. And uh, so I wanted to show you first this video to get ourselves ready for dangerous prayers. watch that, I think about the fact that you and I have been called by Jesus Christ to be on a mission. Uh, we see in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you, you know these verses. We've talked about them so many times, and hopefully you have learned it. Uh, I learned it as a child in a mission organization. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's our mission. In fact, I don't know what y'all call it here, but when I was being taught this when I was eight years old, it was called the Great Commission. A commission is giving authority to act for on behalf of somebody else. If this is the great commission, Jesus has said to us as believers, I am giving you the authority to act on my behalf, to represent me. And how does he say to represent him? When you look at these verses, he tells us to represent him by going. We are to go and make disciples of all the nations, not just here, but of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and following on, teaching them to observe all his commandments. And the promise that comes with this commissioning is that our Heavenly Father is saying he will never leave your side when you go out on this great mission. You and I 
have been sent on a mission. Whether you choose to accept it or not is a different story. <clears throat> when we look at something like that, <clears throat> we sit there and we realize there are people in the world who actually choose on purpose to go on a secular mission. These young men are choosing to put themselves in a position to be used by the United States military. They are hoping that they get selected. They have trained and trained and trained before they even get to day one. <clears throat> I looked up on the internet, and before you even apply, you have to be able to swim a mile in 20 minutes. You have to be able to swim, I mean, to run uh, one and a half miles in nine minutes. And it just goes on and on, All 80 to 100 push-ups, uh, 100 and something sit-ups, so many pull-ups. Before you even show up for this day, this is what people actually choose to get ready for. Are you ready? Are you getting ready for this mission God has called you on? So how do we get ready? How do we prepare ourselves for this great commission Jesus has asked us to do? Well, my first question is, are you in his word? Are you reading God's word? Because there's the commands. There's the way you live your life. There's the way you go out in that power and authority of God's word. And also, how's your prayer life? You know, when you think about your prayer life, I don't know where you would rate it when you're thinking about it. Some days probably better than other days. You all know that person that prays the most beautiful prayers. And you think, eh, I don't measure up to that pray praying person. I have always told y'all, when I pray out loud, I feel like my mouth is flapping, but the words are not making sense. And I, I have so much trouble praying out loud because my heart is saying something else. It's so hard to make my mouth say what my heart is saying. I love the verse where it tells me that the Holy Spirit takes the things in my heart, even though my mouth is flapping, and it presents it to my Heavenly Father in a clear way that God can understand what this heart is saying. So when you pray, are you praying for blessings, healing, a new job, to win? Are you praying for finances to be stable? Are you asking to pass an exam? Do you want to get married, have a child? Are you praying for these things? I hope so. These are great things to pray about. The thing I love about God is that he cares about what you and I care about. So we do take these, thing to, these things to him. We take every detail of our lives to him. But when you think about moving to the mission that God has called you to, if you continue to only pray, bless me, bless the ones I love, then you are not going to be ready for what God has called you to do. In Hebrews 4, uh, verses 14 through 16, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered, in, entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours un understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of gr our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We, you and I, as children of God, have given, been given permission to approach boldly God Almighty. Permission, anytime you want, to walk up and say, Hey, God, I need to talk to you for a second. You've been given permission. And then you think, when I pray to God, after I've asked him, oh, Jesus, help me get this lunch ready. I'm in a hurry. And God goes, is that all you got? That's all you're asking me for? Help you get the lunch ready today because you're in a hurry? I'll help you, but don't you have more for me? I'm almighty God. Why do you keep praying weenie baby prayers, Dana? Why don't you ask me for something huge? I'm creator of the world. 
I have given you permission to approach me boldly. Why do you keep praying baby weenie prayers? Try me. He says that. Try me and see what I will do for you. Pray dangerous prayers. He's saying, I've given you a mission, and your baby prayers are not going to be enough. God has called us to the dangerous areas. God has called us on a mission that requires dangerous prayers. We're never going to be able to accomplish what he's called us to do unless we're willing to pray the dangerous prayers. Let's look at a few of them, and as I said at the start, this isn't all of them. You're going to know when you need to be praying a certain dangerous prayer. But here's some, and I'm asking you to ask God right now, and I'm going to pray for us, to open your heart and mind, to make you ready, to even want to pray the dangerous prayers. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, would you take us to the next level? New Song Family Church, Lord, would you move us out of our comfort zone? Would you take us to the deep waters? Would you take us high on the mountaintops? And would you take us into the valleys, Lord, so we can represent you in all these places? Jesus, we don't want to be left the same. So I'm asking, would you open our hearts and minds to what you are asking us to ask you? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the first one, to ask God to search us, says in Psalms 139, 23 and 24, King David prayed this prayer, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, when you think of David praying this prayer, David is listed as the man after God's own heart. David was not a perfect man, as you know, very violent, uh, couldn't finish the tabernacle because he was such a violent, uh, murderous man. God told him he had too many deaths on his hands. He was an adulterer. Uh, he murdered the husband of Bathsheba. David was a wreck, but he loved God with all his heart. And so we can look at this, this prayer of David and go, what if this is what made David a man after God's own heart? First, he says, search my heart. Would you give God permission to search your heart? Now, you can say, God already knows my heart. He knows everything about me. But don't you have parts of your heart that you do not give to God? Don't you have parts that you actually don't even want to look at? So you definitely don't want to look at it with God? Would you be willing to say to God, would you walk through this with me, Lord? Would you search me? And would you show me everything that doesn't look like Jesus? He will do this gently, but he will do it sufficiently as he starts walking through your heart. He says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Reveal to me any fears that I have. Bring these to light. You know, everywhere that we fear, the things we fear the very most are the things we are trusting God the very least. Do you hear me? Your greatest fears are the areas that you are trusting God the least in your life. Ask God to show you these fears. Ask him to show you every area that you are no longer trusting or maybe never have trusted him in these areas. Ask him to give you the ability to lay these out to him and say, I'm giving these to you. Help me to trust you more here. We fear all kinds of things. I have told you, I have used to be one of the biggest fraidy cats you have ever met. I would say my first name was fear. And God has been working in my life. I can sometimes get back there again, but most of the time, God gives me his peace when I ask him. When I say, oh God, I'm afraid again. Would you help me to trust you more? Would you help me not to be afraid? 
I used to be driven by fear. I want to be driven by faith. I long to move my whole life in trusting him, not in being afraid. I don't want anything standing in my way because I'm going, oh no, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can face that. I want to say I can do anything through Christ who lives in me. I want to live like that. God, would you show me every place in my life that I'm not trusting you? And then third, it says, um, yeah, third, it says, point out anything in my life that offends you. As he's moving around and showing you these things, asking, would you start just pruning these things that aren't of you? Would you show me the things that are offensive to you? There are things that you and I do that are offensive to God, but not offensive to man. There are things that I do that God says, Dana, that is so offensive to me that Brian Bullington, God does not tell that to. You see that in scripture. Paul says there's things that he can do that other people can't. There's things he can't do that other people can. This is between you and God. What is it that God is saying to you? You may not do that again. What is it? with you that God says, not again. You know what it is. If you don't, ask him and ask him to help you release these things that are offensive to him. It's not if anybody else can do it or not. It's between you and God. I do not watch scary movies. I learned that as a child. God says, do not watch scary movies. There is a reason for that. There are some people I know that love scary movies. You're fine. I'm not your convictor of this. This is between me and God. Do you know what scary movies do to me? I'm fine in the scary movie. That's okay. It's when I'm all by myself that I'm not okay. And then, you know, you, you know somebody's behind your shower curtain. You know it. The popping of the refrigerator, you know someone's broken into your house, right? That's the way I live. And God says, why would you do that? Why would you create in your life fear for another point? Why would you be lying under your cover sweaty because you don't want to get out when you could just be asleep? Don't do it. Dana Bullington, do not watch a scary movie. I don't. That's between me and God. That sounds trivial. I'm telling you it's not. Because I don't want to be afraid if I don't have to be. I don't want to live like that. That's between me and God. What is God saying to you? What is he telling you? Get this out of your life. This is messing with the life I want you to have. And then he says in four, lead me along the path of everlasting life. Jesus would like to lead us out of destruction. He would like to take us out of that. Uh, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Jesus promises us we will find freedom to be led by him when we give him our offenses. He promises us to lead us into a life of everlasting a joyful life, a great life in this world and in the world to come. As we move with Jesus, ask him to lead you deeper into a fellowship with him, further along with him. As you go further with Jesus, I'm telling you, never, I have never heard anybody say, you know, I'm enjoying God so much now. We have gone, gotten so close. I wish I could go back to my shallow, believing life. You would never say that. You would never say, I want to go back to the day I asked Jesus to be my Savior. I go back in my mind to remember what God has done, that salvation that was so amazing to me as a six-year-old child that is still my salvation today. But I don't want to go back to a six-year-old child faith. 
I don't want to go there anymore. I want to be here. And if this is where God has moved me in these years, then move me further, God. Lead me further. Nobody says I want to go back to an immature Christian life. So would you not say, would you lead me along this path? Start praying this dangerous prayer today. Would you ask God to search you? Another dangerous prayer. This is a big one. Send me. Send me. So when I say that, you probably go, yikes. What if he sends me to fill in the blank? Say it. What if he sends me? Where is he sending you? Ooh. You know, we had a, uh, a song. It's an old song, Lord, Please Don't Send Me to Africa. There was a song that used to be sung on. Right, Brian? Lord, please don't send me to Africa. And I remember thinking that song was so funny when I first heard it. Do you know, I thought God would send me to a Spanish-speaking nation because I studied Spanish from fourth grade through 12th grade. I would figure God would have sent Brian to a French-speaking nation. From two years of age to 18, he was living in French countries and speaks French very well. I don't think most of you speak Spanish or French. We're in another nation that God sent us to. God says in Isaiah 6, 8, I love these verses. Isaiah, then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. This makes me so emotional because I have said this to the Lord most of my life. Here am I. Would you send me? I put this on my first husband's grave. This is on his marker. This verse. It's there. Because this was a dangerous prayer. It cost him his life. It cost me my husband. It cost my children their father. This is a dangerous prayer. I started praying it when I was a child. I read missionary stories. And at age, I started feeling like God was calling me to be a missionary to a foreign country. And I would say to God, I'll go anywhere you ask me. Would you send me? As I started growing up, I started realizing that was a dangerous prayer because I started hearing the dangers of being sent by God. And I started getting scared. What if? I was held at gunpoint, and someone told me to deny Jesus. What would I do? I remember thinking this through as a child. And then I read Jeremiah 1, 4 through uh, 8. says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my contacts floating with my tears, sorry, <laughs> prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I am too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. God will equip you, equip you and me for every single thing he calls us to. If he's going to send you, he's going to equip you. And I have learned through the years, when I look forward into what if this happens, then I think, I don't think I could do it. But I have learned that when I look forward, I don't have God's grace for that situation today. 
I do not have the grace to face that situation that I'm going, what if that happens? When the day comes, if the day comes, God's grace will be sufficient for you and for me if we are facing a difficult situation. God's grace will be enough. His words will be plenty for you. His strength will be plenty. His mercy will be amazing on the day, on the moment, when God says, this is what's going to happen in your life. Moses actually had a different thing here. I love this story of Moses. He's uh, talking with God in Exodus, and he says, go up to this land. This is God talking to him. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I'd surely destroy you along the way. I actually think this is funny. Have you ever been with someone like your children going, just go to your room. I might kill you if you keep standing right here by me. This is where we got this. We got this from God talking to Moses, going, I'm not walking with y'all anymore, or I'm going to kill you. You are driving me bonkers. The Lord replied, I will personally, this is verse 14, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Moses is saying, I'll go if you tell me to go and you're going with me, and I'll stay if you tell me to stay and you stay with me. When God tells you, when you actually ask God, would you send me, what if he said, okay, I'm going to send you right where you are. I'm going to send you to your family. I'm going to send you to your coworkers. I'm going to send you right where you are. That's where I've sent you. It sounds glorious to leave your own people and go to strangers. But what if he says, I'm sending you to your family? What if God says this? Would you say to God, here I am, send me. I will stay and I will go. You tell me what to do. Another bold prayer, another dangerous prayer is make me bold. Make me bold. When you think about being sent, you need God's boldness. In Acts 4, uh, Peter and John were speaking, and they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some Sadducees. And they arrested them there and put them in jail. And then the next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of religious law that met in, in Jerusalem, uh, Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest brought them out to stand in front of them and asked them, by what power and whose name have you done all this? And so they say in uh, verse 13, the members of the council, as they began to tell them who they were, they started telling them who they stood for, that they stood for Jesus Christ, who they had crucified. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They were amazed at Peter and John's boldness. How amazed are people about you? How amazed are they about your boldness of living for Christ, of speaking for him? I used to, I guess I still have a friend. Uh, don't see this friend anymore, uh, lives in another country. But he's a, a believer, and when I would talk about him to somebody else, people would say, but he's not a believer, is he? And I'd say, yeah, he is. I said, really? I never knew that. So that would be one on a scale of one to ten. My friend that nobody ever knew was a believer. Then I have another friend who's with Jesus now, named Jim Black. Jim Black, um, I think he probably was as close to John the Baptist as anybody I've ever known. He's kind of crazy, uh, lived kind of bizarre. We called him our dumpster diving friend. Um, 
He was always bringing things to us that he found in dumpsters behind stores. He would bring us uh, vegetables that were kind of rotted, but you'd pick out the rot and take the good ones that stores would throw away. He would catch the milk on the day it had expired. It goes straight into the dumpster. He'd grab that and bring us milk. We ate a lot of dumpster food from Jim Black. We ate and had lots of things brought to us, strange things. I have a pen that he gave me that I saved to this day that he gave me when I was in my 20s of these women dancing. And it says on the pen, a dance of joy. He told me when he gave it to me, he said, I found this in the dumpster. But when I saw it, I thought of you. I love it. A dancing for joy pen that Jim Black gave me. What was so wonderful about Jim Black One, he couldn't hear, so he talked real loud. I mean loud, offensively loud. He would scare my children because he was so loud. He would scare everybody, and he would go up to everybody. Do you know Jesus? Do you know my Savior? He would stand on street corners. He held up a cross, and he would shout to everybody that passed by, Do you know Jesus? If you don't, you're dying and going to hell. He would grab people. My sister said she'd have to ungrab people for him, peel him off. Jim, let them go. Let these people go. He said, I just want them to know Jesus. Cindy said, my sister said that he would come to the races that they would do, and usually the, the Houston Marathon, would, it's always on a Sunday morning. And he would shout, to everybody running by. Why aren't you in church? This is the Sabbath. Do you not know Jesus? Well, of course, he wasn't in church either, but he's shouting this to everybody. Why are you not in church? Do you not know my Savior, Jesus Christ? And when they would come to know Jesus, He would get them to sign their name, and they would sign, on this day, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And Cindy says he was always showing her plastic bags that he would scribble this out on, scrap paper he found on the ground, whatever it was, where they would sign it, that this was the day that they had given their heart to Jesus. Crazy friend dumpster diving, shouting, why aren't you in church, friend, Jim Black, is with my Heavenly Father today. I wonder, don't you wonder how many people are going to be in heaven because Jim Black, number 10, a boldness for Jesus Christ. One to 10, how amazed are people with your boldness for Jesus. When you think about that, you look at the scripture again there, uh, Peter and John, as they're in front of all this council, they were commanded to never speak of Jesus again, and they're being released. But Peter and John says, do you think we could ever keep quiet about this? We will never stop telling people about what we have seen and heard. So they freed them, and they went to the other believers, and they told all the believers what they had been told, never to speak of Jesus again, or they would be back in prison. And then they started praying. And in verse 29, this is their prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Not once did they say, keep us out of jail. Don't let them beat us anymore. Keep us safe. They didn't pray our weenie baby prayers. They prayed a dangerous prayer. Give us great boldness to go out and share Jesus Christ. When I was 11, I've told you this before, my friend died that I had done everything with, and that became my heart's cry then, because I have a feeling Daryl Herod, my buddy, is not in heaven because I never shared Jesus with him. And when he died, that was what grieved me so greatly, that we talked about everything 
but I never shared Jesus with Daryl. And I began praying then, God, would you make me bold? Would you help me to share you everywhere I go? Would you make me brave? Would you not allow me to miss one opportunity to share you with my friends, with people? And I would pray, and I'd feel my heart beating so fast when God would say, and it's that one. And I'd be in my art class, and we'd be sitting on a corner drawing houses across the street, and God would say, go over there. And I'd pick up my drawing and go sit by a friend and say, can I tell you about my Jesus? And I started doing this all the time. And do you know nobody said yes ever as I was growing up? I would go to friends' houses, and I would cry and go, please know Jesus. Please know him. And they would go, oh, Dana, you're so sweet. No, I don't think so. I did this over and over, and I would say this to God, make me bold, make me brave, make me share you everywhere I go. And people would laugh, and they'd say, you're so funny. Why is this so important to you? Make me bold, make me brave. Acts 4.31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Make us bold. What if, when we are doing this, God is setting into motion something great? What if, when we are speaking him boldly, what if we never see the answers until heaven, but that God is about to shake this world for his namesake? Make us bold. I don't think it's whether you're quiet, a shy person, or a noisy person like me. I don't think it matters. I'm a noisy person. I talk a lot. I'm loud. Colin used to always tell me I was so loud. I'm a noisy person. But sharing Jesus didn't come easily. It became my dangerous prayer. God, would you make me bold? Would you help me talk about you to people who don't know you? And if you start praying this dangerous prayer, I think you're going to start maturing in your relationship with Jesus. But you're going to face opposition when you are doing what God has called you to do. This will wake up Satan. He will wake up because you have an enemy. And when you are doing what God has asked you to do, your enemy is going, oh, no, you don't. And he will start hurling at you. In 1 Peter 4, 12-13, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, which means in reverse, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. When you are suffering for Christ's sake, be glad. Don't be upset. Go, yes. Satan is really bothered by me today. Awesome. That's hard. I'm not saying that's easy. But ask God to help you. Praying for boldness gives us this incredible privilege of being on God's team, of being a part of what he's doing. Praying for boldness and becoming a person with boldness, you will no longer be surprised when God says yes to your prayers because you're going, sure, of course he said yes. Because you're praying in his will. You're praying according to the things you know he's wanting. Peter and John went on to be beaten and imprisoned over and over again. And Peter was crucified on a cross and John was put on an island and died there most likely, exiled there. Nothing easy about their lives. But the victory was all theirs. God gave them everything they needed to live and die for him. What if God wants to use you to set in motion something that all of hell cannot stop? Did someone boldly tell you about Jesus? Did somebody say, in a taxi, 
You need to know Jesus. Did somebody share with you in a strange way? Were they shouting from a corner with a cross? Were you running by in front of them where they're saying, why aren't you in church? Don't you know Jesus? That started the ball rolling. Who boldly told you about Jesus? Another dangerous prayer, help me to love others more. Oh, that is a dangerous prayer. We talked about it last week in 1 John 4, 21, and he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. This takes a lot of time to love like Jesus. This takes a lot of emotion to love like Jesus. It takes a lot of your physical and mental energy to love like Jesus. I think it is costly to love like Jesus. It costs a lot. I think about loving like Jesus. Jesus died on a cross. It cost him everything because he loves me. When you ask Jesus to help you love other people like he loves, it's going to cost. But won't you ask him? Won't you ask him to help you love like he loves? Won't you ask him to give you the energy, the resources you need to love like he loves? Because you're going to need it. And he will give it as you're loving like he loves. Another one, speak to me, God. In James 1.22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. When we ask God to speak to us, check and see. If you're not hearing from him, what did he tell you last? Did you not do what he said last to do? He tells us to listen as to do. Rico actually prayed that in his prayer, that we listen as to do. If I want God to speak to me, it means I'm saying, will you speak to me? And he says, Dan, I go do, and then I go do. And then I can come back and say, speak to me again, Lord. And then I'm sure he's going to be doing it again. But if I don't do the last thing he said, why does he bother talking to us? except to tell us again and again and again. But the last time we talked, this is what I've asked you to do. Ask God to speak to you, but ask him to open you up and to free you to do what he has said to do, give you courage to do what God is asking you to do. Another one, use me, God, Philippians 1, 6, for I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Use me, God. Won't you use me? I don't want to waste my life. God, I want this life to matter. I don't want to just pass through and then and, and die and nothing been changed in this world because I passed through it. God, won't you use me? Won't you help me to do everything you call me to do on this day? When I ask God to use me in a morning, then I can trust at the end of the day when nothing in my day went like I thought it was going to go, that that was God's day. He actually used me the way he wanted to use me. When I'm saying, use me, God, what does that mean? Use me healthy? God, would you use me if I'm sick? Would you use me in my life? Would you use me in my death? Would you use me every way? That's a dangerous prayer. God, would you use me? Would you let this life not be a waste? Would you make me brave enough to pray this prayer, God, to use me? I look at what Jesus said. It's like a, a one ad that Jesus has put out for a job. He says in Matthew 10, Look, I'm sending you out as sheaves among, sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves, but be aware. Here's the job description. For you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. 
It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. And everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny my Father in heaven. Wow. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Sounds great, awesome. If you saw that in a paper, would you sign up for that job? Do you know what? Navy SEALs sign up for that job. Not for Jesus, but because they're men of honor that want to represent America. They sign up to risk their lives. They sign up to be abused. They sign up to be soldiers for Americas, Americans. And Jesus is saying, and for me? He gave his life for you and for me. His job description, if you choose to take on this mission, it's not going to be safe. It's not going to be easy. He's telling us that he has called us to these different places to share him. And if you're going through difficulty, ask God, how do I share you in this difficult situation? How do I love people in your name when I'm hurting? How do I shine you brightly in a family who doesn't know you? How do I live for you no matter what's going on? Before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed this for the believers in Matthew 17. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The commission. Jesus has been sent here, and now he has sent you and me with the great commission. Our assignment is clear. It's one of those things you go, what do we not understand about what God has called us to do? Safety is not guaranteed. Being blessed, worldly standard blessing, not really a promise. Blessing by God, you better believe it. Eternity with our Father. Strength for today, joy and peace that only he can give and no matter what the circumstances. We choose to volunteer, to put ourselves under stress, under danger all the time. We put ourselves under great stress as we study to become somebody. Great stress of students. You see them studying for exams. We get in great stress in jobs. We choose to um, do sports and train and really hurt our bodies. We were just talking about that. Some of you have had broken bodies and stitches, but you still keep running and you keep uh, getting on your bicycles and you still keep playing hockey and all the things you do because you like the rewards of it. I have four children. I chose all four of them. It was rough giving birth to four children. They were so worth it. I chose to do that. And I think that we as Christians expect this life to be easy because God loves us. There's nothing easy about walking with Jesus. I choose it because I love him. You choose it because you love him. Like Peter and John, what in the world are you thinking if you think I can be quiet? What are you thinking if you think I can close my mouth about who Jesus is? I don't like to be comfortable. I don't like to be stressed. I like to be comfortable. I don't like to be in pain. I like to feel good. I like life easy. I would love for life to be easy. God says it's not going to be. And so when I lay out easy and I lay out Jesus, I say, I choose you, Jesus. I choose you. I don't think anything has been easy following Jesus. 
leaving our family this last time was so hard. But I told Jesus, you know I'll go for you. You know I will follow you anywhere, Jesus. You know I love you more than anybody in this world. Make me brave. Make me bold. Search me, oh God. Remove everything that's not like Jesus out of my life. Make me like you. I want to be on mission with you. Smith Wigglesworth says, great faith is a product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to have Jesus working in your life and that you can go, and there's Jesus again, and there's Jesus again, and there he is again? Say yes to him. Say, here am I, send me. Say, speak to me, and I'll do whatever you say for me to do. Make me bold, Jesus. Help me to love your people like you love them. And won't you use me to bring you glory and honor? Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we don't take any of this lightly. Lord, I've just wrestled with this all week longing to be able to express your heart. Lord, you promise that there's nothing that you've called us to do that you will not go with us. Lord, would you move our church family in maturity with you? Lord, give us the courage to pray dangerous prayers. Give us the courage to do everything that you've asked us to do. Lord, we don't want to pray only baby prayers anymore. Lord, we want to grow up. And we want to be on mission with you. Lord, use us. In your name I pray. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.